the Design Convo Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Design Convo Podcast, where we interact with creative individuals from the design industry to learn the things that otherwise might be a little bit difficult to understand, especially when we are starting as designers. The show will be the space where we ask questions that might sound silly, but make a huge difference in our lives. I'm your host Shakti Hari, and I'm going to ask the questions on everyone's behalf. I'm feeling great today. For this episode, we have a wonderful artist, an NFT enthusiast, a creative director with us, and he is also a creative entrepreneur. He has over 14 years of global experience influencing product design with brands, including Facebook, LinkedIn, eBay, etc. Today, he's a creative director at Riversand, a global software company, empowers enterprises to transform their data into an engine of growth. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Melvin Thambi. Welcome to the show, Melvin. Thank, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Shakti. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for the great so, intro. <laughs> that's I, I'm honored man, to have you as uh, my guest. So let's let's start with your story. Uh, you know, can you please uh, take us through what and how you shaped yourself as an artist or a designer that you are today? I know this is a simple yeah. question, but it should have a, like a long, pretty long answer. Yeah, when you ask this question, it's going to be like a big story, but then I'll try to <laughs> tell it in very short words, you know. Okay, uh, okay. So I, I'm coming from a fine arts background where I studied applied art, uh, which mm-hmm. mainly focused on advertising and other stuff. So one of my mm-hmm. friend introduced me to IT industry. Uh, so I got a job in an IT company as a designer first, you know, and then I joined there and I learned all these uh, design tools and other stuff from Google <laughs> Academy, <laughs> you know, uh, why I'm saying Academy is like we can learn anything from Google, you know, like so I learned all these tools from there and uh, the uh, technology behind it and everything. So I started as a designer first, uh, like a web designer, then slowly mm-hmm. Uh, some financial crisis happened during 2008 and I lost my job then uh, I started learning HTML CSS I had I have to learn you know to <laughs> uh, get a decent job in India at that time we have to do all sort of things you know like you need to do coding you need to do design you need to do UX whatever you say you need to do that you need to be like a ninja for that you know so yeah. I learned HTML CSS and other stuff and I was working as a uh, semi-developer plus designer kind of thing for a for another startup and then i came to know about uh so at that time uh, the smartphones and the mobile designs and everything was getting <clears throat> very popular you know so i thought like i need to study that so i applied for another company called rapid value uh, they were the pioneers in that space at that time so i applied that in the career page i got a, a invitation to join uh, come uh, to go there for an interview so uh, during the night, I created one portfolio with some random mobile designs, whatever. I don't know how to design and also, but I designed it. And I went there and it was like a full day interview. And I still remember that day, you know. <clears throat> uh, and the CEO was there interviewing me, the HR head and everything. Uh, every people were there. So from there, I started my next phase of design life where I started doing product design and other stuff. So <clears throat> I started a design team also there and we brand it like rapid gems it's like a uh, bunch of front-end developers and uh, ui ux designers animation people and everything then i got an opportunity to work in us so uh, i moved from india to us and i was working for a company called river sand you know 
uh, and it's like a data management company. So that is another phase of my design life where I'm completely new to this data management stuff. And also because I used to design stuff, but then here you don't need to design too much, but you need to understand the logic behind it and you need to work for the customers, you know. So it was a different experience altogether, working with the product team, sales team, marketing team. So uh, it was a great learning experience. And then River Sand got merged to another company called Syndigo. Uh, which is also a data management company in Chicago. So I'm right now working as a creative director for Syndigo, uh, mm-hmm. uh, closely working with marketing team and sales team. Okay. All right. That's that's a crazy backstory. Thanks for sharing it. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned that you have a, I don't know, formal education in arts. So do you think in today's world, a formal education in art or design is important to be successful? Yeah, education in a sense, like, for example, uh, I studied four years of fine arts uh, uh, in a fine arts college, you know, like where I learned about painting. Uh, uh, I mean, like applied art is all about uh, the layout, structure, typography, designing and all the stuff, you know, and it's all about advertising. And uh, it's not like what we learn from theory or practical from a college. Uh, What I learned is the it's like a uh, creative life, you know, like uh, where I got an opportunity to collaborate or connect with a lot of amazing talents. <clears throat> Many people are famous right now, you know. We, I got an opportunity because I studied in a fine arts college and I learned how to sustain as a creative person by doing other sort of jobs, you know, like to uh, for our education because fine arts college is not like a glamorous college, you know. Uh, everyone is like creative people they don't have any money so they have to figure out how to uh, do their education stuff as well as their daily life you know so I was coming from a like a very orthodox family where art is not a (laughs) big subject or talking point there you know but there I learned more about life you know but there I got a chance to meet some amazing people from them I learned more about how the creative journey should be and i've got an opportunity to connect with sculptures painters musicians you know so that is what i consider like a big learning experience when i go to college but if you ask like a professional uh, education i don't think uh, anyone needs to go to college and spend like four or five years to become like an expert because whatever you learn from college you have to unlearn because when you enter into the real space, you know, the real uh, industry, when you work with customers, there are other traits that you need to learn, you know, like the communication skills. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the negotiation skills, uh, the elevator pitch skill, you know, like there are tons of other stuff that you need to learn to sustain as a professional designer. So that I don't get from um, college that I learned from my hard experiences, you know, so I think for that you don't need to go to college and there are tons of uh, information and education materials that you can get from uh, internet you just need to curate and figure it out like what works well for you right yeah it's just all about the curiosity right yes yes yeah 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 all right you know you mentioned that uh you come from a you know a conventional background where art was not encouraged as a career but I know for a fact that everyone in your family is an artist or a designer right now. That should feel amazing, doesn't it? Can you tell us about Triza and Nimi Melvin and how they are involved as a family in creating art and exploring art? 
Yeah, so that's a funny story. Like, for example, my wife from my from the same college, so you can imagine how I got it, you know. So she was a painter there. Uh, she was studying painting, you know, uh, and she finished her um, Master of Fine Arts and everything. So uh, it was very funny when I told uh, about uh, marrying her uh, with my family. He to- uh, when I told my family, like, I'm going to marry this uh, artist and <laughs> all my relatives, they do- doesn't have any idea about art and how it is and all you know like uh, they asked me like why you're marrying another artist like you're also uh, struggling to become <laughs> uh, something better in your life and you're going to marry another artist like uh, man think about it it's your future it's your life then i told them like see for me marriage is like uh, i need to talk to my partner you know like mm-hmm. uh, and we need to talk about what is happening what i am passionate about you know passionate about if if the partner doesn't understand what i'm working on or what I'm associated with, there is going to be like a big gap, you know, and I have to brainstorm and I need to, uh, so my relatives, they're uh, they're, uh, Orthodox Christian family, my uh, uh, parents and my (laughs) uncle, and they're like, what you're marrying for talking? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't understand the context, you know, like, but then they agreed they were supportive, you know, like uh, I married her. And it was a big, big change in my life because uh, she was she's an artist, right? So whenever we go for a uh, art exhibition or whatever, I used to see from an applied art mindset, you know, like applied art mindset is all about advertising. Like we will see the potential in marketing and other stuff, but yeah. we might not see the inner meaning of a painting, uh, the strength of a stock or whatever, you know, like, but uh, going with her helped me to understand uh, the complexity of an artist having while doing an artwork and other stuff. So I got a great opportunity to understand art a little more better, uh, to appreciate artists a little more better. So it brings a lot more change in my life. And then we got a baby and uh, the moment uh, she, when she started growing up, she also started scribbling on paper and everything. I don't know like whether she might be seeing that all the time. <laughs> Me and my wife is doing something creative stuff right so she got excited about it and later we discovered uh, she's also having some talent in art and even her drawing is there in uh, one famous movie called Bangalore Days you know in the title (laughs) design her uh, scribbles at that time she was only four years or something you know yeah that's how it happens you know like it's still going on yeah yeah talk about comfortability man you know uh, I used to wonder why you know, most of the times when I see doctors, uh, they have doctors as partners, life partners, right? Uh, it's because of the complexity of the profession that they need someone to rely on to, uh, you know, to be compatible with when they keep working on a daily basis. I think it applies to every profession, right? And uh, about Theresa, she's a wonderful artist. I've been following her on all the platforms I could. I wish, you know, to collect her artwork as an NFT one day. So, yeah. Thank you. And, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Where are you currently based out of Melvin? So what's, what's, yeah, where I'm are you ba- currently working out of? I'm originally from Palakkad, uh, from India. And right now I'm mm-hmm. based out of uh, Texas. So what's the procedure to find jobs in another country and move there? What are the benefits of doing it? Uh, finding job. See, for example, uh, when I joined my company, River, uh, Rapid Value in India, right? Mm-hmm. So my prime objective was like, I consider that as a business, you know, like mm-hmm. many, uh, many designers consider that as a job. So there's mm-hmm. a big uh, difference there, you know, like 
uh, I understood like I'm not like a uh, business person. I'm not like an entrepreneur kind of person when I joined a company at, uh, like a few years before, you know. So I was thinking mm-hmm. like, why can't I consider my company as a uh, um, business opportunity? Like this is my business, you know, like I consider like that. And I was I was actually training myself like, OK, I'm working for this company and I am I'm doing business. I'm bringing business kind of uh, concept i had that in my mind so whenever i talk to customers or whenever i talk to management the whole idea was to uh, help my company or help the company that i'm working for so that relationships actually help that thought process actually helped like i never felt like i'm doing a job you know so when mm-hmm. i hire designers when i build a design team everything was having that vision like okay at some point we need to scale it like a, a proper design studio where we can leverage our skills to bring more business to the company, thereby helping more business to grow the, uh, grow their business as well, you know, like, so I, it was like a MBA course that I was doing, you know, <laughs> okay. uh, when I was working as a designer for a company. So it was so exciting. Like, I never mm-hmm. felt like I am overworking. I'm working after office hours, work-life balance, all this crap. I don't have anything like that, you know, like I completely focus on what I'm doing and I'm getting excited. Okay. And that thought process or that mindset actually helped me to get here you know so whenever i talk about any business uh, so we have got an opportunity to work for a, a company uh, in the us where i need to support from india and mm-hmm. they got excited and they uh, told like why, why don't we um, um, give an opportunity in us and then my company also support me a lot they do all the paperwork and everything then they push me to go to us and that, that happens like when you help the business, the business will help you. That is it. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And that, that is amazing. Uh, this is exactly the mindset uh, the current generation of designers are missing out on. So, you know, uh, the previous generation, uh, the fact that they just work for a company for 30 years or 40 years, for a fact, my dad just retired and he worked for a company for 33 years. And I couldn't think you know about myself working with a company for 30 years because that's that's the mindset we are living with at uh, the current world so but yeah when when you own and you know think about the vision for the company it, it takes you to places yeah even Talking- uh, even coming to us right yeah even mm-hmm. coming to us i was working for a uh, for this company riversand as a consultant for like three to mm-hmm. four years you know like but then uh, we got a good rapport with the company and I was well connected with the product team and the marketing team. And also I was almost like a full-time employee there. So they offered me a job, you know, like that's how I joined like a full-time employee here. So okay. I see, see to be to be very honest, that is something that we really need to think about, you know, like uh, see the company is doing everything for your business, you know, like thing like that, you know, like so what I need to do is like I need to do good work. I need to, uh, I, I should be capable of uh, delegating the works properly with the design team, mentoring them, you know, like getting stuff done, you know. So yeah. rest everything is taken care of by the company. Like they're doing the sales, they are giving you salary and everything. So that is the simplest business that you can do as a creative entrepreneur. You know, like um, you don't need to think about all the financial stuff that you need to run a company, uh, run a business. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just think your job as a business, that's the simplest method mindset that you can have so you can work like 50 years or 60 years if you are not capable of running your own company by your, yourself you know that is possible yeah. absolutely absolutely and uh, 
you know keeping this aspect of uh, uh, you know working in the states aside uh, what 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 do you think are the pros and cons of working as a designer in india and versus other countries frankly speaking i didn't feel anything like that you know like mm-hmm. uh, i didn't see that much issue you know like when i work for uh, work in india uh, i got the same respect and value inside my company mm-hmm. and whenever i go for mm-hmm. any design event or whatever you know like and i was super happy okay. working with my design team they are bright young amazing people you know like with a lot of caliber so i enjoyed okay. there working with a uh, uh, team there and the only thing is like when you um, work with indian customers uh, mm-hmm. i didn't know like how to uh, talk about the value of design you know like i, I and i i didn't uh, I, i don't want to work with lot of people outside my company at that time because i was having uh, <laughs> good work at office and i'm getting good salary so i was least bothered about working for other customers you know like yeah. so i didn't face any issues in india this is mm-hmm. just my personal thing you know like Yeah, but yeah. when i come to us i got an opportunity to uh, do an interview with kristo and some other amazing uh, design talents over here you know like a design and design mentors and uh, art gurus you know like so from them i learned how to talk about the value of art and how to bring value and other stuff so the learning experience is much better and the lifestyle here is much better the accessibility to some major design events uh, these are the big takeaways that happened when i come to us okay apart yeah. from i see uh, amazing talents in bangalore kochi chennai and all you know like um, i don't see any difference in quality you know like uh, here course. also there are tons of uh, below average designers you know uh, they are also uh, some <laughs> high talented uh, artists and designers are there so i don't see the uh, quality in uh, i don't see big difference in design quality uh the only thing is the mindset of designers is a little different the mindset of customers is uh different that need to change that's it yeah all right it's it's just the geographical factors there yeah all right so uh you know yeah, that's uh, it. let's let's i have one last question uh with uh you know you as a creative family why was mnn studio creator what's the story behind it so uh, <laughs> that is another fun story like uh, so while we are dating we used to say say i'm always uh, uh, like talk about futuristic thing you know like when we are dating i don't talk anything uh, related to romantic stuff we i will say like okay. hey, uh, nimi we need to have like a big a big studio we need to have like a <laughs> amazing art studio and we need to name it we need to brand it you know like <laughs> then we were thinking about name and i told like it can be like melvin and nimi so we uh, uh, short it and make like uh, m and n you know so then we thought like we will add one more e in front of it otherwise it will sounds like mundane in mundane in yeah. kerala uh, in malayalam it means like food you know like so i don't like <laughs> oh we can't put like that so let's add which <laughs> more glamour to the word so we put m and n so in m and n means like something big in malayalam you know so okay. <laughs> i put like m and n <laughs> and crazy, uh, we had this idea about this company and then uh, it was there in our mind you know like we started website we started facebook page and everything but when we come to us when my wife got an opportunity to work independent uh, we registered that as a company in us okay. now it is like a llc here and my wife is running a business where she teach uh, kids art classes online okay uh, 
and we co- collect artworks and everything under that brand. So it has like two two uh, uh, business entities. One is like the online art classes, and another is like an art studio. Amazing. So it took like thirteen years, man. That's it. Uh, 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 ten years, uh, ten or eleven years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just. It sounds easy when you say that, but ten years, man. <laughs> yeah, that is that is crazy. No, that every year crazy. I was thinking like, okay, this this should be. It should be a company kind of thing, you know, like, so okay. uh, it's like an every year ge- a dream, which happens mm-hmm. after 10 years. That's it. Of course. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for doing it and sharing the story, man. All right. So, uh, you know, the, the, I have a set of questions cool. related to metaverse, NFTs, etc. So we will jump into this segment now. Uh, you know, before we do that, uh, so most of my audience, I believe, including myself, uh, are not very frequently exposed to the the words that are nft related so i have a set of uh, words or short questions with me let's do like a rapid fire round about you know you can give a one line answer or you know a quick answer about all these things what is metaverse sure uh metaverse uh i would recommend like all these jargons whatever you hear here right uh, mm-hmm. i would uh, expect uh, the audience to research on on it you know like because you might get different different answers for this thing and of course that is the best idea you know like so i i can simply say like it's like a virtual world you can build your reality so okay. <laughs> for me that is metaverse yeah okay all right what is cryptocurrency cryptocurrency uh, is like um, you can uh, buy stuff in this virtual world or, or you, you can have your assets in a different format not like your original currency, you know, okay. which might have value later or which might involve into something else, you know, uh, that can be a future, you know, it holds some okay. future in it, you know, so, yeah. Okay. And what is an NFT? NFTs are, uh, you might have heard this multiple times, like it's non-fungible token, but it's yeah. actually giving like an ownership contract for your uh, asset, whatever you have, like uh, in a virtual okay. world. What all can be NFTs apart from digital art? It can be anything. Like it starts from an art uh, art bag, uh, art space, you know. Like, but later it can be anything. Like it can be your uh, will, house will, you know. Like it can be your car registration, you know. Uh, maybe it can be uh, anything that can be associated with patent, copyright, you know. Like so. Uh, many use cases are yet to be evolved and the discussions are going on, the research is going on. So I see a huge potential in NFTs. Okay. All right. Because so, uh, it's actually, it's like an, um, um, everything is in blockchain platform, right? So yeah. it's like an ownership contract as well. So you can imagine the tons of possibilities. Okay. All right. What, what is blockchain then? Blockchain, uh, <laughs> it, it's like a public ledger where uh, everything is recorded you know like it's not managed managed by a single person or whatever so uh, it's very transparent a space where you can see whatever transactions happen you know so mm-hmm. if you ask me very technical question i'm not capable of explaining it but yeah, what yeah, i course. see is there, just from like, a designer it, it has a lot of potential you know like yeah it's more than like storing something in a cloud you know like it's like a uh, manageable couple of com- computers okay. and okay. it's a future yeah all right. And uh, do you think all this uh, crazy thing about NFTs is going to be a bubble or is it going to be there forever? So what do you think about when you hear about internet, the first thing, whether you think that is a bubble or whether you think like it's going to be the next big thing? 
okay so when i think i think you might that, bo- born when 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 the internet was there right so you might not understand yeah. the difference i think <laughs> yeah no i mean uh, so uh, you know internet came along when uh, i was uh, in my 8th grade or 9th grade i believe so before that it was mm-hmm. yeah there was no internet per se there was no smartphones and there was nothing yeah please go that ahead. is exactly what like, like because uh, um, that completely changed our life right now you know like mm-hmm. uh, many people think like why kids are so smart these days you know it's because of the information that they are getting on their fingertips all the time you know so mm-hmm. uh, that happened because of internet there are positive sides and negative sides but Mm-hmm. uh it completely changed the entire life like right now we are talking you know like you are in uh, india and i am in texas and uh, we are having a good conversation in respect of the time and geography right so and yeah. in a very easy way so yeah. it completely changed the perspective of life and when covid happens because of internet all these people survived you know like <laughs> so yeah uh, that that's how this nft is also going to evolve you know like the uh, since it is associated with money and great value there are a lot of scams mm-hmm. that is happening you know and yeah. many uh, hype is happening many fomo is happening and mm-hmm. uh, from a human psychology we always catch the negative things first like whatever we hear about anything uh, we will look especially indians right we will look for the negative side like we always play the devil's advocate when we hear something you know like so that is why you are hearing a lot uh, a lot about the negative side of nft but when yeah. you look at adobe and bigger brands they are investing tons of money uh, um, bringing that technology like when you look at behance now you can see a tab called nfts where you can connect yeah. your nfts and you can showcase that in your portfolio why adobe mm-hmm. is doing that why Ma- mcdonalds is bringing their nfts as a marketing campaign why adidas is investing why nike is investing so yeah uh, there is something but <laughs> as i said uh since it's associated with great value uh, we are only hearing the bad vibes about nfts right now yeah all right i think it's the fear of uh, you know change that transforms into all this talks that people are giving about the bad aspects of nfts but yeah thanks for sharing it so uh, you know we can we can get into detailed answers for the upcoming questions uh, i'm just giving a heads sure. up all right so sure. <clears throat> we have platforms like foundation rarible opensea etc right so are these platforms marketplaces yes what's the logic behind how these platforms function or how do the artworks and the ownership get validated so i i think it brings back to the question of uh, how blockchain operates but yeah we well, let's not get into the uh, technical aspect of it but whatever just the designer needs to know about it yeah designer see for example if you are a designer and if you want to explore an nft it's as simple as that mm-hmm. like when you upload if you if you know how to upload it in uh, dribble or behance likewise you can submit your work in these marketplaces you know uh, many mm-hmm. people think like if you want to create an nft artwork you need to do something with that artwork you know to make it like an nft you don't need to do yeah. anything like you are just submitting your work in the digital format you know so mm-hmm. likewise when you upload an artwork into behance what you're doing like you're submitting your work you're de- giving title and you're giving the description respective whether it's an image or a video likewise here also you're doing the same the difference here is like uh, instead of signing up to a uh, website you what you're doing is like you're connecting with a wallet you know it's like mm-hmm. a digital wallet and one digital wallet is metamask so what you're doing there is like you're converting your dollars or rupees or whatever currencies into cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and um, each platform is based on each uh, uh, crypto right like for example 
foundation supports ethereum so what you are doing is like you are converting your <coughs> uh, uh, current rock uh, currency into ethereum and then you are transferring some ethereum to this digital wallet and then you are connecting the marketplace with this digital wallet so you are creating a profile there mm-hmm. and you are uploading your work while uploading the work you have to pay some money that is called gas price you know mm-hmm. and when you list your artwork for uh, some price that is called listing for that also some price mm-hmm. is needed that is also called uh, gas price so those price uh, those value that you can detect from your digital wallet where you store your ethereum you know uh, or your, okay. a, any type of cryptocurrency you know uh, so that is the whole process and people can bid on your work they can buy your work and uh, then you will get the uh, value in your digital wallet like whatever value okay. you put your put for your work you know and the beautiful part is like you are getting 10% royalty uh mm-hmm. even if it, it uh, it's sold in a uh, secondary market you know secondary market okay. means i bought your work and if i want to resell that work then i list it then it's called your work is listed in secondary market so if someone mm-hmm. if i buy something from you for one price uh, uh like 0.5 ethereum and if i sold it for like one ethereum and mm-hmm. you are going to get 10% out of it so okay. how many times that gets sold you know like you will you are getting royalties so that okay. opportunity was not there earlier and more mm-hmm. than that uh when you upload this work it is registered in blockchain that means uh you will get uh, your work will generate an unique code you know uh and the transactions and uh, the uploading process everything is very visible for anyone who can check your wallet address and they can see the whole process it's very transparent and legit you know like so they can know like who uploaded who bought it and where it is and all the stuff and uh, you okay. own that work all the time you know like the artist still own that work but uh, the collector is getting that digital ownership and and that okay. code uh, he's having value on that code but he doesn't have full copyright issue unless the artist issue that so this is how it okay. happens you know it's not a big deal uh, you just need to understand mm-hmm. little bit of uh, how to uh, buy crypto and create digital wallet and how to secure all these things that's mm-hmm. it and understand uh, how you can uh, put your value valuation for your work it's not okay. just about nft space that all <laughs> people should know like how to value your work that's it when you say uh, we have uh, different uh, cryptos in this networks right so we we mostly see ethereum in most of the places when we deal with nfts so why is that because most of the people uh, consider that as the uh, top valuable uh, uh, cryptocurrency right now like for example in 2015 it was 1 dollar for 1 eth uh, around something like that you know like okay. right now it's like 2500 something you know like uh, it's always fluctuating so i don't know the exact value but so that's how the uh, value of ethereum right now so you can imagine why people are crazy about it you know like that is one simple thing you know and yeah. um, uh, so there are um, many things like that is going to be the sustainable model but then even if i say that there are a lot of other cryptocurrencies like polygon and other st- other cryptocurrencies are also rising up you know tesos yeah. and also uh, uh, i am not an expert there to comment more about which is better which is bad and all it's up to mm-hmm. it's personal and um, it's based on your research and your understanding you will choose the cryptocurrency and you will uh, choose the blockchain what you need to associate with yeah 
and when you say uh, you get 10% royalty on all the uh, reselling right so it keeps mm-hmm. going on a number of times whenever and wherever your artworks is being sold if i'm not wrong and it, does it happen on all exactly. the marketplaces yeah you know all the marketplaces that a feature is there you need to keep that in mind that is for the artist that is getting or the project that is getting the royalty not uh, the collector you know like for example if you are an uh, creative uh, if you are the artist behind one of the one on one artwork and if i am a collector if i buy your work and if i resell it i am not going to get the royalty you are going to get the royalty who actually sets these uh, rules that artists are going to get 10% royalties since uh, it's a open network no one owns the network and uh, you said it's a very transparent one right and who sets these rules what is the uh, rules what are the rules see the um, the marketplaces can define like how much uh, royalty that you need to get and they can mm-hmm. give options so you can you have the opportunity to choose it you know like and you can create your own smart contract and everything and you can do that from your website as well and you can okay. decide oh, how much um, but uh, as far as i know like i don't know the exact answer for that but as far as i know mm-hmm. 10 percentage is the highest that i have seen in many places okay but if okay. Uh, i need to research more about it like whether we can give more, more royalties or whatever or we okay. can do independently about that you know like uh, that we need to figure it out i need to All figure right. it out Okay. Uh, right now i am not bothered because i am not doing anything from my own you know many people mm-hmm. suggest me to do my own smart contract and do something from my website but right now mm-hmm. i am uh, relying on um, the marketplaces like foundation and opensea and vasirex from india and also because i don't know much about the inner technical stuff uh, mm-hmm. instead i am focusing more on how to create artworks that might sell in nft space and how to bring the value as an artist and all the stuff so i am looking at the other side of nfts right now and i'm studying about the collectible projects and other things instead of learning okay. more about the technical side yeah right. one at a time right. yeah yeah one step at a time yeah yeah, yeah. Right. you know uh, the the follow up question is something uh, which you excel at so how important do you think a community is when it comes to dealing with nfts uh first we need to define what is community you know like uh, many people think like it's like a uh, we create a community and then um, we support each other it's not about that you know like uh, see the entire nft artist gang the entire nft collectors you know like the nft people that is a community for example when you look at uh design community it's not about chennai design group or kerala design group or like <laughs> vishakhapatnam yeah. group or anything like that i hate those concepts you know instead it should be yeah. like it can be any name you know like but it should address globally you know like uh, mm-hmm. if for example uh, if i'm starting an nft community or whatever uh, it should uh, help or support or we need to connect with people from kenya or uganda or any place you know like uh basically it should be for artists and collectors who wants to research and mm-hmm. learn more so actually i started uh one community along with my friend like uh, uh i mean like uh nadamel you know like he's an amazing artist uh, from kerala yeah. so he had a group you yeah. know like he had a small group in whatsapp where he was mm-hmm. connected with a lot of artists and i told him to start a tribe you know like start a brand like something and he was scared to do that he told like uh, now it's easy like i can connect with the whatsapp group so let's let me do that but then i told like no whatever 
value that you're giving in that whatsapp because i learned from him you know like he's a very mm-hmm. young artist so i don't like yeah. we need to spread it out you know like many artists should get value anyway we are spending mm-hmm. time on educating people and other stuff why can't we make it like in a bigger scale so we yeah. name it like nft malayali you know mm-hmm. just to grab the attention of uh malu people you know like mm-hmm. uh, that's why we just put like nft malayali and we started that okay. community and the whole purpose was to uh, share the knowledge whatever we learn when we uh, explore this nft space so that was mm-hmm. the whole idea about it you know like and we were able to uh, connect with a lot of artists and collectors and other many people and we were able to spread this knowledge of nft to many people so thereby i think that community served the purpose you know at a later stage i move out from uh, that community because i don't think that is needed anymore you know like uh, you can be a community you know like um, anyone can be a community and you can connect with any community and uh, so the whole purpose and mission of that was completed then i move out and then now i am associating and collaborating with people like you you know like so now you are a part of a community that's what i would say like you are talking to me you know of course then we are a community we should come yeah. consider community likewise you know like we you should Interest have groups the, or eggs yeah yeah thirst for knowledge you know like who, wherever you are getting good knowledge about something knowledge is wealth power support and everything you know then if you are getting that value then that community is good or that gang is good people these days give away real world items like uh, tickets or you know access to conferences tagged with the nfts they sell uh, like what gary v does right do you think such transactions uh, in real world be clubbed with uh, crypto transactions in the future in our day to day lives definitely because i bought one t-shirt uh, from a website where i paid uh, in crypto where mm-hmm. uh, that project is associate that's a nft project you know like and i hold one nft of that project you know then it was so much fun you know like i'm getting an utility from that project and i'm buying it mm-hmm. using the crypto that i have you know like so i think uh, the concept of like um, uh, like dividing web 2 and web 3 and physical space we don't need to consider like web 2 as one space and web 3 as another space and uh, physical space as another space and uh considering it like a different different world instead mm-hmm. i'm thinking like we have to deal with web2 space right we have to for example if i'm an artist right i have to put my work in uh, instagram and facebook and whatever places so that i can build my brand you know mm-hmm. so if i have a proper branding or if i have a proper credibility let's see for mm-hmm. example in my daughter's case like she was putting her work in instagram from 2019 so when she mm-hmm. joined the nft space people see her work from when she was a small kid you know like so they can see her evolution uh, they can see yeah. the quality of artwork which is uh, improving day by day because of utilizing the web to uh, opportunity and uh, her artworks was uh, displayed somewhere and uh, in a physical gallery and all you know so that is also adding credibility when I, when it comes to web3 so everything yeah. is interconnected mm-hmm. you know so i am in a research like how all this thing can be interconnected and um, become like a better ecosystem where we can explore more ideas you know like instead mm-hmm. of uh, just thinking like okay web3 is an as big thing let's go with that and <laughs> ignore others that's a foolish concept is what i think so yeah. all these ideas are pretty good man like some will fail some will evolve into much better uh, uh, thing you know so just wait and explore you know like yeah that's the water that's what i was saying yeah yeah
yeah it's not Thanks. a bubble at all you know like it will change you know like change will happen uh, yeah but uh, you can't uh, underestimate you know like the tot- uh, the totality as such you know like how it is going to change the mindset and change the business uh, how the creative economy is changing so everything is relying on all this stuff you know yeah and and you know uh, for people who don't know about web2 and web3 can you give a short description about what web2 and web3 is uh i don't know how to explain it properly but then mm-hmm. uh, i can simply say one example like in instagram for example if i put my work i'm getting engagement but if i um, putting my the same work that uh, as an nft in a marketplace i'm getting some dollar value okay. so <laughs> uh it can be as simple as that you know okay uh, there are uh, tons of other examples and uh, references that i leave to the audience to figure it out like what is web2 and web3 you know Okay. Let them research and figure it out, you know. Yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. I don't want to give any okay. fa- false information, you know. <laughs> It's yeah, beyond yeah, yeah. that, you know. Yeah, I'm not the best best person to explain it in the Okay. Detail. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about NFT projects, right? Um can can you talk about Mojo Heads and what's special about it? Yeah, Mojo Heads is a, like a very interesting project. So, uh so what they did was like they um like contacted uh, some people like 24 artists around the globe and they created an uh, pfp project around that particular artist so their intention and mission is to bring value to artist you know like who or is behind mm-hmm. the nft thing you know like uh, because uh, the founder of mojo head mobi is an amazing guy you know like he runs another company called um, uh, i forgot the name like but uh, they are doing like uh, icons and other stuff for bigger brands you know like okay. so he really understand the power of artist and how much they should be valued so he come up with this brilliant idea about creating pfp projects on each artist so i was lucky enough to be involved in the first 24 group a where uh, some amazing artists are also there like the founder of world of women is also in group a so i was thrilled and <laughs> it's like a proud moment uh with some amazing artists around the globe you know so uh, it was a fun experience like i just shared my photo and uh, the artist behind that project he created like 24 variations and they have given uh, rarity based on the traits of that uh, pfp uh, so uh, it was a fun project and it got sold out now the group b is, uh, was there and it, it also got sold out so he is bringing more and more artists into that project so it's going to be like a bigger biggest uh, pfp project and it can become like a history later that that really sounds interesting bro uh yeah even gary v any... come to the podcast yeah even gary yeah. v come to his podcast and uh, he told like mojo head is the most undervalued project you know like that is the biggest moment like i was in that session hearing about it you know and right. uh, so but, yeah so i have high hopes on that project it sounds huge thanks thanks for sharing that yeah and yeah. Uh, after getting the sales and everything on that project actually he is investing back to the community itself like, uh, like buying uh, nft art, artworks from artists you know like he have like a separate fund for it and he's doing that so that chain is working you know like the artists are getting value and after selling uh, the artist pfps he is putting back the money back into the artist community by mm-hmm. uh, buying more artworks so 
a different kind of ecosystem is built on top of that projects and i'm super happy to be a part of it all right that that sounds amazing yeah. hey for the audience uh, pfp means profile picture projects if i'm not wrong melvin yeah yeah so it can be like a collectible projects as well so there yeah, are different yeah. categories so, of nft projects here you know like mm-hmm. uh one on one artworks that means like uh, for example when you look at my projects right <clears throat> i do portrait mm-hmm. illustrations and i put it like one on one artworks so yeah. you won't see any other piece like that you know like so that is what i do and my mm-hmm. daughter she is having like a character called eva where she mm-hmm. do a collection of uh, uh, the character will be the same but she adds lit- uh, different different traits and themes and everything and that mm-hmm. collection you will have like te- you can see 10 artworks or 15 artworks every month or two months uh, going forward and that is going to be like a collection you know mm-hmm. and there are projects like world of women cool cats and everything where it is called collectible projects where yeah. uh, they will have like uh multiple trades and multiple categories then they generate using code you know like 10000 or 5000 whatever so it's going to be like a yeah. collectible project so one on one collections photographers use collection you know like they have a theme like waterfall or like uh, a monsoon or whatever and they put uh that theme based art uh, photographs in that collection so that is collection and these are collectible mm-hmm. or pfp projects yeah all right all right thanks for sharing that and uh, i have one last question regarding the nft space right uh, mm-hmm. so it it's about the rarity of the artwork uh, it's the rarity of the artwork that makes it a good nft uh, in in my you know point of view so it is possible for anyone to replicate or just duplicate the image and uh, you know uh, get it validated through the blockchain and list it as an nft and even sell it if, in that case so how do you think people should be uh, you know uh, aware of these things and how do you think they should protect themselves from all these scams yeah so basically a proper research and study is needed before you invest anything you know like as a collector for example imagine like if shakti is planning to buy an artwork what are the things that you look look into it like okay you imagine like you are planning to buy uh one portrait illustration okay so mm-hmm. what are the things that you will look for you, my... and you are, yeah yeah you are you are searching in foundation and you want to buy one portrait illustration okay mm-hmm. and as an nft and your budget is like 0.5 eth so what mm-hmm. are the things that you will research i'll probably look at uh, yeah yeah I'll, i'll probably look at whom i am buying it from and uh, try to see if he's actually a real person try to check his uh, other social media platforms backlink him to what he's as an artist and uh, i'll try to actually check his credibility cool so many artists or many collectors they won't spend that much time you know like mm-hmm. uh, so it's uh, so that's why I, we are connecting with a lot of collectors as well not like just with artists you know like they need to understand the quality of art and the quality of artist you know whom mm-hmm. they are buying and what they are buying kind of thing you know like so uh, that credibility check is very much needed in this space for that yeah. uh, if if before buying something if you get a chance to talk to that artist you can talk as well you know like we are living in inter- internet world you know like you can connect with yeah. anyone at any time you know so yeah. that accessibility is there and you need to understand the focus of that artist whether he's just here for money grabbing like putting something and getting something instead of that if he believes in this system you know if he believes in 
NFTs and if he has some amazing ideas about it or if his project sounds promising to become like a great value later, you know, like you have to consider all these things and then you need to invest. So it mm-hmm. is the same case with collectible projects as well. You know, like if you don't understand the future of that project, if you don't understand the clear roadmap or the utilities mm-hmm. uh, uh, connected with it, or if you don't understand the credibility of the team behind it, you are uh, betting on a wrong project, you know, like, so it's all about understanding the potential. It's like almost like how you invest on shares and other stuff, right? You can invest on any shares, you know, like you Mm -hmm. can invest on any business, but if you don't understand the business, you're going to lose money. It's the same like here as well. Yeah. Research. Totally get it. Yeah. Research. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so anyone can become an NFT artist now and uh, talking about that and the steps that are going to follow, what does it take to be a successful NFT artist or a collector? Uh, uh patience is what i would say like for example uh patience and consistency is something that makes uh a good collector or a good artist you know like for example if i'm a collector if i have like a lot of money and if i want to collect multiple works and if i'm going crazy and buying whatever i see in internet uh i would consider myself as a fool you know instead uh i will i should invest on projects I should patient enough. For example, uh, there will be a lot of marketing stuff going on. I'm saying like, okay, uh, some influencer will be saying like, okay, this is going to be the next blue chip and blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> you will see like 10,000, 100,000 followers and all these giveaways, Discord activity. I never used to buy on those things, but uh, I might buy on something, with, even if they're, uh, they're, they're not creating any hype on marketing but if i know the team behind it you know their intention behind it and their uh, ideas behind it you know how much it can scale so sometimes what i used to um, invest on this kind of projects is like uh, i will wait you know like i won't buy when it is like very small price i will wait in the mid range when i see the real potential so you might think like i am losing money you know like why you buy for high price but after some time you might be getting very big price you know like the 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 uh, multi- when you multiply it it's very big so that is the best decision is what i think and uh, that is the case with artists also like uh, some collectors will watch the artist for a long time you know like uh, it, it might they, they will consider the art uh, to buy some artist artwork by watching them for like one week or two week or one month so some artists will come and they will put their work and they don't see any sales they will get disappointed but some collectors might be watching them like what they're going to do like uh, are they going to put more works you know uh, did they understand what is happening here like how yeah. are they valuing their work properly so see for example if you only have like 0.5 uth and if you want to buy an artwork you will take like two months is what i would say you know like of looking course, at each course. and every artist you might have like an excel sheet or whatever thinking about comparing this artist with that artist so we are like a commodity, we are like a product, you know, like, so it will take time. So the patience from both sides is needed to become like, and proper research and uh, connecting with people, collaborating with people and research, patience, and yeah, I think, and consistency, you know, like, uh, even if some sales doesn't happen, you have to keep on working, you know, like you need to trust yourself and you need to put your best work every time, you know, and for collectors, even if when they understand the full potential of a project if that doesn't uh, 
make big leap you know but if you see like a good potential you need to wait you know like it's not like okay this tank and uh, okay i'm <laughs> getting panic and all those things i don't do that yeah being patient is one thing we young designers are not very good at so we will probably have yeah. to work on that yeah and see for uh, example one project called dead fellas like uh, uh, i bought one project called dead fellas for like 0.3 eth you know like mm-hmm. and it, it was literally dead for like long time but i was super hyped about the entire team you know like and uh, and the price was not at all going up you know uh, so people were uh, buying it and selling it and they're getting panic and i told it no trust the team like it will take time nfts are very new like it's something new happening you know like and what happened is like after a couple of months the value got increased and uh, uh, i was able to resell their uh, utility uh, debt friends for like 0.7 and other things you know like which i bought since i hold 0.3 value that uh, fell i got an utility called debt friends which free you know like and i sold that for like 0.7 now that 0.3 one is above 1 1 eth you know i just hold oh, it yeah. you know like so yeah now i'm getting offers for like uh, 1.5 eth and uh, there was a time where i got like for 3 eth you know like so uh, if you trust on a project and the team behind it when you see the quality and everything uh, you, you should be patient as a collector yeah when this is very new like very new like and people are expecting the growth in like one week and two weeks so i'm like <laughs> Uh, i'm really laughing like oh, how can a business go like that you know like if, if it is going like that i would say like uh, uh, i'm not a big fan of that you know like <laughs> it will take time yeah. you know like exactly you know this is this is uh, very much like how people confuse get confused between trading and investing right so if you be, yeah, try to yeah. become a day trader just go for it if not if you become an investor you just invest and yeah. sit and wait yeah Why? and you need to take profit also in between you know like you need to see for example when you invest on a project and if you have a couple of uh, pfps or whatever uh, and you when that value goes high you need to sell one of your pfp and get the investment back you know then yeah. you don't need to be panic you know like then you are investing your uh, profit there you know mm-hmm. like so uh, it's not going to uh, affect you very much you know like so in between you need to take the profit and you need to invest on other good projects and you need to trust on these things yeah yeah dear audience secure your capital then play with the profits yeah all right so uh, you know that or all the nfts and the metaverse that's about it let's let's move on to the regular non confusing stuff about being a designer right sure so sure. you have been a creative director right you have been with companies like riverside sindigo etc so what does a day in your li- life look like what do you do on a daily basis uh so what i so right now i'm working with a company called indigo uh, it's mm-hmm. like a data management company you know like and i have two designers one in uttarakhand and one is in mumbai and uh, mm-hmm. amazing designers uh, so uh, i hired them like when i was in riverside like so i'm really connected with the design team you know like because those are the people who i connect daily you know like so yeah. my day starts with uh, having a call with them checking the updates and everything and uh, having a chit chat about what is happening around design and outside design as well because it's mm-hmm. always fun to talk to creative people you know uh, sometimes uh, we speak about movies or we speak about the general uh, 
life you know like what is happening you know so it's yeah. fun you know like so the morning starts with our updates and uh, uh, the works that is done reviewing works and all the stuff and uh, then i work with uh, uh, the marketing team uh, here in us and if they need some support and other stuff and we discuss on projects and other stuff and mm-hmm. uh, evening uh, uh, we again connect I again connect with my offshore team and mm-hmm. we discuss about the task to be done on high priority so we use some uh, project management tools like asana where we prioritize our work and uh, we work accordingly so right. it's it's going to be like uh, morning call and night call with my offshore team and in between calls and meetings and some hands on work on something you know so yeah there is no hierarchy here like for example uh, even if i am the design lead of my uh, for my designers there is nothing like that like sometimes i will make mistakes and they will they can give open feedback so we, we have like a very open feedback system you know like mm-hmm. there is no junior senior creative director all sort nothing is there you know like it's all about the quality of work and getting things on time so i am very peculiar about getting things done on time Uh, so mm-hmm. initially they were uh, not happy with that approach you know like all the creative people they think like they need a lot of time but sometimes in business uh, you need to deliver something on time at that uh, more than the quality or perfection uh, the deliverables matters at that time you know like because it's defining the business you know and yeah. uh, that is defining the potential so sometimes people might not look at attention to details you know mm-hmm. instead they need something to uh help the business at that time designers needs to think smart and logic you know uh so for example uh if you want to do a like a uh, product demo or whatever and if you only have like two days you need to purchase some stock videos or whatever and you need to merge together and then you need to smart you need to be very smart using some ui kits or whatever and get things done because you the sales team might be getting an opportunity to pr- uh, showcase that product demo Uh, in one hour or something you know there lies the business so the uh, the design team should be super smart i like smart uh, creative people not more than hard working people so yeah. but there are sometimes where you need to show like yeah. okay you are the designer in this company you are and you are the creative person and if you have enough time work day and night you know <laughs> like create your own illustration your own style brand identity and yeah bring your best on table and so uh, other times you need to be very smart using the uh, available resources and clubbing it together and bringing like an above average quality work and uh, uh, submit beyond the expectation you know so yeah. designers needs to uh, switch this uh, mindset all the time you know like when to work smart and when to work hard yeah you know uh, i i exactly faced this issue when i became a designer i used to be an artist and when i transformed or transitioned into being a designer uh, you know getting your work to a perfection uh, to a level that doesn't require perfection at the point is it, it always kills the designers right so yeah i i can totally relate to that so all right and uh, don't get uh, and and don't get too fancy about all these tools guys like uh, <laughs> that's what i would say i am seeing people uh, shouting at or mocking at like canva and uh, telling like figma and uh, figma versus xd and yeah. all this crap like just stop it you know like <laughs> sorry to use that word because i literally hate these kind of approaches like for example uh, when i work with hr team i would say like uh, create a canva template you know like i create the brand identity there and i create some templates for them because that is for internal purpose and to 
get things done you know like so and it's easy for them to manage if i of course imagine like if i'm creating something in figma and if i'm assigning some designers to do that work mm-hmm. but designers have to do the marketing and the sales and the product design and everything which is uh, very much needed you know like where the attention to details are needed but if they are spending their time on hr related work and on this thing the quality might suffer there instead what yeah. i'm doing is like i'm teaching the hr people to use canva and i'm creating templates there to maintain the quality at that time canva makes sense you know when i work with a marketing team i might create the mockups in ppt or whatever if i want to work on a newsletter or something i'll create a template in ppt and i put the content over there and i send to them so it's easy for them to put the content it doesn't matter whether i yeah. need to put it in uh, mailchimp or <laughs> figma or whatever i don't rely on any tools you know like when i work with product design i rely on figma you know mm-hmm. uh, and when i do something else some cool stuff and i use adobe xd when i want to edit something i use figma um, uh, final cut pro you know like that's pretty easy but if i want yeah. to do some animation i might use after effects so tools are for our uh so how smart you work you know like yeah. you need to learn all tools but you don't need to rely on particular tool and be stubborn about it like i'm a figma guy and all it's like <laughs> foolishness <laughs> is what i would say yeah Get as long done. as you are getting the work done any tool should do fine yes, just yes. fine because yeah. because your aesthetics and your thinking your reasoning your logic matters you know like it's not about the tool it's not it's all about the output because yeah. the business people or the customers or the company management they are least worried about what you used to do that you know like for example i am using foundation as a marketplace right mm-hmm. i don't know what platform they are using it's easy like it's yeah. user the user experience is simple i don't yeah. care like what technology they are using what they are using it all so mm-hmm. that is the world we are living in so stop fighting on all these tools and <laughs> uh fighting on uh, typography and other stuff and Yeah. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling that out. Much needed. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about design mentorship, right? So you are listed as a mentor in ADP List and uh, design.org and a couple of other pages, uh, other platforms where, you know, so leaders from design industry can mentor fellow or uh, budding designers. So why did you decide to do this or what what drives you to do this? uh the major thing is like for example people have a misconception like since i am in us like i might be like a better designer you know like i might be like a huge designer or i'm like a <laughs> amazing guy that's why he is in us nothing like that i need to i need to uh, like uh, uh reveal like i am like a normal uh, above average designer like you but i got an opportunity to work and i'm here that's it so uh, i need to break that barrier like people thinking about all these geographical issues and all you know like um, so sometimes when my friends see me in videos and other stuff where i talk bad english and you know like my communication is not that great i'm coming from a small village i studied in a, uh, a normal schools and everything you know like i learned all this language by connecting with people when we talk about ideas you know so i have to break this stereotype you know like instead of hiding like a big designer in us just showing by photos and other stuff i want to show myself into the world so that people can relate you know like for example when a designer from bangalore when he connects for a mentorship with me when he talks with me he feels like his english is much better than me you know like then he feels that confidence 
that confidence will help him to become like a very good designer so i'm being very vulnerable and i'm mm-hmm. uh, 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 revealing myself who i am to the world i don't mind how people judge me because most of the creative people uh, seek for the validation from people to get uh, to understand like they are good so i need yeah. to break that barrier that is the fundamental thing that i'm doing with all this mentorship because um, and i'm not teaching any design skills okay through this mentorship things you know like i'm just asking some questions with these designers and understanding their problems and then giving real life examples and problems where they can solve it you know like then they can use their skills to overcome that problems so i have talked to many designers and many have got good jobs and they have uh, replied back to me and so the major feedback that i got is like they got their confidence back you know uh, so that is exactly what i want to do because designers need to speak up irrespective of their communication skill irrespective of their design skill when you speak up people will notice your mistakes they will correct you if you don't speak up and if you think if you have that imposter syndrome you know like it is going to drain you like uh, it won't help you anymore so i want designers to come up front and talk directly to customers get the requirements and work for the requirements and help the business so the fundamental job of a designer is to help you know more than like designing uh, or making it beautiful uh, that is why we are hired right like for example if shakti is working for a, a business uh, owner it's not your job to teach something to them you know like uh, there are some myths happening like designers think like okay they need to teach design who are they meet you know yeah. so they try to teach design with their design leader they try to teach design with their hr they try to teach design with uh, their customers so instead of working for them you know, like you need to work with them you know like you are helping you are fundamentally you are helping someone in this world yeah. so for that you need to be like a, a entrepreneur you know like you need to be like a business person yeah then use your skill skill as a tool not like uh putting the skill up front every time you know like no one no wants to know uh, wants to learn about the design system and the principles behind design and all the stuff instead how how can you help me you know that matters so i need to spread that word and i need to empower a lot of designers in india because i trust their talent they are amazing kids you know like and moreover uh, the personal benefit that i'm getting is like i can understand what is happening around the world by connecting with all these kids you know like all these youngsters Uh, how passionate they are and where they are struggling you know so i didn't get that much mentorship when i was in the design world you know when i was struggling for jobs and other stuff so i have to learn myself which helps me a lot in later stage so i just thought to share the knowledge knowledge is the real support is what i always feel wow that that was a wonderful man so and you know it's truly amazing to see someone uh, you know try to give back to the budding designers and upcoming uh, you know creative people that is wonderful thank you so much for doing that and so i have a question which is like completely off this topic okay so you sure. are a pro member yeah. of the future right so what what yeah. is it about what are the you know what are the, what is the program how to become a pro member and what do you get back from being a pro member of the future group 
Yeah, so I remember the day that I connected with Christo for a podcast like you. You know, like mm-hmm. I was, I simply sent a message in Twitter or something. You know, like and I told him like I'm a designer from India. My communication is pretty bad, but I really want to talk to you. Are you available for a talk? You know, he told me why not. <laughs> and he, you know, who is Christo, right? And yeah, I do. I, I do. was totally that simple reply actually surprised me. You know, like I know. how busy he is from him i learned like okay who is needing uh, any support or whatever we need to provide it you know like then i immediately have a call with him uh, then i know more about him and uh, i started applying it and the reason why i did it as a podcast is because whatever i learned from christo i need to spread to the world you know that is exactly what you are doing right you can have like a zoom mm-hmm. call with me you know and you can get whatever you need but what you are doing through podcast is like you are getting some answers and you are sharing that knowledge you know like yeah. so likewise that was my intention as well i started an um, interview series called abstracts you know before the abstracts in netflix okay so uh, <laughs> i got a chance to talk to all these people christo um, or polsini and other people so when i understand christo a lot more better then i understand his um, uh, uh, community called uh, future pro group then i joined there like there is a membership uh, fees for that you know he deliberately put a membership fees because he want people to be serious uh, being there you know like because uh, he is providing a lot of value talking about business in design and uh, how the designers or the creative people should survive in this world he is giving all sort of informations and it's not just about getting uh, the dhyan from uh, uh, who it's all about connecting with like minded people you know like everyone is thirsty you know like everyone is so happy uh, innovative people so get into that gang and to connect with those people i decided to spend 150 dollar every month uh, you know like to be in that group and it was like an amazing opportunity that i got you know uh every day we are connected with many other people you know like i am learning from them and keeping me grounded uh, uh educating myself you know uh, so being uh, in christus tribe is something that i'm proud of uh, and i i think i will continue this membership till i die <laughs> so because i really love the vibe of people there you know like i'm a kind of person whom would like love to talk about art and design all the time because i love the creative field uh, i don't know whether i speak anything else so <laughs> this is perfect for me this is the perfect world for me i think you have to associate with the tribe or the people or uh, who are you surround which makes you uh, successful you know like success yeah. means uh, you, uh, for me success is like uh, you should feel like you are living the day you know every day you are living you know Uh, so i'm getting that feel so i'm with that group right now you know what what was your biggest fear when you started out as an artist or a designer fear i doubt myself like that is that is a fear that we all have right like when you do a podcast interview you think like whether i am a good person to do that <laughs> but then you think yes i am i'm going to do it you know like yeah. likewise every creative people if you are a painter you will think like whether i am a good artist some time in your life that will come to your mind you know like i had this fear like i thought like i'm like a just a trained artist or a trained designer and i'm like a mediocre person you know like but then i decided like uh, it doesn't matter like i can only do this much so 
then i started posting works and and uh, started talking about design i started talking about art you know uh, so whenever i feel like okay i have done my 70% if i am satisfied with my work like 70% satisfied with my work i consider mm-hmm. that as the top quality you know from my okay. side but okay. but this percentage level will change every month or every week or every year that's a good sign you know like yeah. for example whatever i feel 70% good work on 2018 Mm-hmm. now it is like 20 percentage to me you know like so yeah. it will keep on changing that's good if it doesn't change means like i'm not growing so i uh, that was a fear that i had earlier because i was pretty bad in studies and everything you know like and um, i never get an opportunity to work under any design designer till mm-hmm. now so whenever okay. i join a company i'll be the only designer you know like So I learn everything from Google. So Google is my okay. design lead all the time, you know, like so and I didn't had a formal education on mobile design, UI design or UX design or anything like that. I studied advertising and other stuff, you know, like branding and all. So mm-hmm. at a later stage that education helped me uh, while thinking about uh, uh, so that branding skills and that marketing skills and all, everything is coming back right now at my 38 years old, you know, like <laughs> but yeah. i learned everything from google so i always had that doubt like whether i am the good person to do this but it works it helps business then it's good now i don't awesome. have that fear yeah that's that's totally amazing man and uh, you know i could see that you are involved in so many things and you're everywhere and you do different things including being a creative director how do you find time to do this how do you manage your time uh, i don't Uh, I don't plan too much, uh, Shakti. Uh, okay. See, I plan for my future. Uh, I really plan my life. You know, like uh, so. In one way, I'm like very strategic person. Like I plan each and everything. You know, like uh, I see uh, my life after five years, like how it should be, and all those things. Okay. Uh, but in the other hand, I'm not planning my days or anything like that. You know, like when something comes up, you know, like when I see high potential, I try to uh, put that in a time slot whatever is available you know like for example when your message came i th- mm-hmm. i have seen your podcast and i, I just had a, a i i scanned all your thing you know like and i understand your potential you know like how this podcast going to be after 2 years not now mm-hmm. you know like uh, what value you are bringing like how you are connecting and how college i saw your detailed mail and everything i was like yes now i'm talking to an amazing person you know even if i don't respond back or anything like that don't worry about it but i see your passion man like so when i saw that potential i find found time slot like when it is available and everything you know like and i put it it's not and i put everything in google calendar whatever comes mm-hmm. to my mind i put everything in trello or uh, notion i won't keep anything in my head and i associate alarm or google calendar notification all the time so every morning i will look at my google calendar and i will look at my trello and every small small time i will finish small small task like it's not like finishing bigger projects all the time i'll do small small things all the time like for example if i want to do a twitter space i will think in this way it's only like one hour thing right just do it that's it yeah for example this podcast it's going to be like only one hour i just need to walk up early that's it and it's <laughs> saturday morning you know like i used to walk up at like 11 o'clock or yeah. 12 o'clock sometimes you know but i thought like it's simple thing like i just need to walk up early that's it I'm grateful for that we man. Have, Thanks for. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for. Yeah, we have tons of tons of time every day uh, Shakti. We think like okay it's only like 24 hours. It's like we need to swap some some things here and there. That's it. 
Sometimes yeah. I will avoid uh, seeing a movie. You know, like sometimes I will avoid playing with my kid or spending time with family. Sometimes I value that a lot. You know, like then I will skip other things. So don't over plan. Like always have a mindset. Like you have to change every day. You have to adapt to the change all the time. You know, like when NFTs came, I don't know anything about it, but I jump into it directly. I jump mm-hmm. into that well directly, and I start learning whenever I get time. Like uh, so, when I was in a uh, when I'm ideal on something, I will do something there. You know, that's it. Yeah, find time for everything. That's it. Pretty amazing. You know, this reminds me of a quote by Bruce Lee. He says, you know, he asks people to keep their mind like water, right? so you have different vessels every day to fill your mind with and you adapt to it by being a water but yeah i i can see that happening in your life so thanks for sharing that story with us and uh, you know you you talk a lot about business side of design uh, how important mm-hmm. do you think are the designers in the real world say if the world goes into a world war 3 right how do you think it will impact the creative industry do you think designers will still be important as doctors or engineers see designers are very much needed you know like you can come with any automation or you can say like uh, 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 art is not needed anymore you know like uh, it's a very wrong concept you know like designers are very much needed for example if you want to raise a fundraising for russia or ukraine uh, people should see that fundraising thing how to do that you know like you need to do a proper poster you need to do like a proper video the compelling video which tells the story which tells the emotion you need to uh, put uh, good photographs or like um, the the touching photos or whatever you know like you have to tell the story how to tell the story that comes with your heart that's through art and uh, how to represent that that's through design you know like so these things are inevitable you know like for example if a doctor wants to get a job or if he is practicing if he is having a hospital and if he wants to uh, establish his establish, uh, that hospital uh, chain or whatever right how he can do that through design through art you know like so everything is connected but doctor is not connected with the entire thing the engineer is not connected with the entire ecosystem of our life but think about design and art we are uh, th- that is connected with everything a human being do in their daily life when you look at a mobile what you see like you see mobile apps and what if it is not properly aligned if it is not uh, the uh, color contact is not good you might miss one app that means you might miss one business so yeah. that is the power of design and that's the power of art you know like through design and art you can change you know like you can change the perspective of uh, business so that is the powerful tool that you have you know like the only thing is the mindset you know like you have to uh, adapt to the changes and you need to think like an entrepreneur that is the only thing you you might not understand uh, the mathematics uh, or the other things just think like that like you need to bring return of investment you know when someone uh, seeks help from you that is it yeah so design is going to be the hottest job all the time you know oh that's that's a relief <laughs> thanks for no truly like see for example uh in us we bought a house just by my wife is teaching uh, art classes for kids you know like mm-hmm. and she has like 450 students right now per month and she is teaching only through zoom you know oh, yeah. and through through art we bought a house here you know like and by just teaching kids art classes how to do acrylic painting and all so that's how that's why i am saying this is because 
it's how you use your skill you know like you can see for example my wife is a professional artist she, she is like uh, she had done some two exhibitions here in uh, united states which you might think like it's like like glamorous thing you know like but she didn't sell any, any of her painting in that exhibition you know so she doesn't get any monetary benefit but she got the fame and the credibility you know but when she start this business that credibility helps her to bring more audience more thing you know like so how to use your skill for the monetary benefit that really matters you know like yeah the, there you should be creative not so the creative people always think like when they do some creative project they apply all their creativity there mm. but apply that creativity in your life you know like yeah. see you are a designer right uh, shakti is a designer you can completely focus on the visual design all the time yeah. you can yeah. uh, focus on your job but what you are doing you are connecting with people around uh, the globe so i know shakti right now because i am in texas but i know shakti from chennai that's it because you are using that creativity or you are using your uh, design thinking process in your life so when you apply that design is the hottest job man like <laughs> people crave for that job you know like we should find value in it yeah that that is exactly what i would say awesome awesome amazing you know as a final thought do you want to suggest any content that you think might be helpful to the listeners it can be a book or a podcast or a documentary anything uh yeah i would recommend you uh, people to watch uh, uh future videos uh, especially chris do's videos in youtube like i only suggest that you know like he talks about everything and his team talks about everything mm-hmm. and uh, there is a youtube series called building a brand uh, mm-hmm. by matthew and sina and his team you know that will give a, give more clarity uh, and i would suggest uh, designers uh, to f- do something like that you know like from your own so that will help you a lot and i have one more suggestions to uh, all the designers in this world you know like many people they come to me and say like Uh, hey brother since you are in america and you have that much exposure so you are able to do amazing design jobs and other things so you can upskill your uh, whatever right it's a myth see for example when you are working for a company you are working for uh, you are trying to help that company and you are trying to help that business so you have mm-hmm. certain type of jobs that you need to do but uh, that might not uh, help you to improve your design skills you know and don't complain like you are not getting any exposure because you are working for a company that's a lame excuse that is what i would say instead you need to work on personal projects you need to help on uh, your uh, friends projects and you need to consider that like a million dollar project and you need to work accordingly so thereby mm-hmm. you know how to connect with and you need to do part time works like every designer whoever is working like a perm- full time designers or whatever i would recommend you to do freelance work as well because you need mm-hmm. to understand the pain working with a customer uh, convincing that customer that's a good trait that you need to learn when you learn that trait and you will learn lot of productivities as well like because when you are working as a full time designer and if you are doing freelance work slowly you will understand how to manage time like so that that will help in your productivity you know like so even if if you are not getting enough exposure inside your company don't blame it learn from outside the company and apply that inside your company so that it will evolve you know like that is what i would say many yeah. people think like okay i am a full time designer so i don't have time to do freelance work or whatever you know like and many design leaders they won't support this you know they will think like the productivity of the that is their job you know 
that is their job to get things done from their team. <laughs> uh, but the designers, what I would say is like they need to do freelance work. They need to understand the pain, how to ask for money, like how to uh, get money for their work and all stuff. Then it will help in their real business, real work. Yeah. Many design leaders won't say this, but I am saying this: do yeah. freelance work. <laughs> Finally, someone said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, why should like we should be very open, uh, and the companies should also understand like they are not capable of giving any training materials for the designer. They are not giving any opportunity for designers to go big design events or whatever. So they should be open uh, for give. Uh, 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 giving an opportunity for them to do freelance work uh, unless they are not using the office time office uh, uh, computers or if they are not using any office related stuff it's their choice to learn the stuff in order to yeah. learn they need to learn it in real way not like from books or videos that's that's totally cool yeah people should do that yeah people should do And, that yeah and uh, let's let's talk about personal brand you know since you uh, mentioned about building a self brand around what we do and what we are as a designer or a person um, you have a really good uh, personal brand and a social presence uh, especially when people see the splash of colors on your shirt or the yellow background or whatever i see about you i know that this is somehow related to melvin right so what do you think uh, or how do you think one should plan and build their own personal brand be yourself uh, that is the only thing that i would say like and see uh, i am a person i love everything you know like when you say like uh, if you talk about photography i love photography i love cameras gadgets and everything and mm-hmm. if you talk about animation and other stuff i love to work with animate animation team and other people you know like so i'm crazy about films uh, photography painting uh, art design anything related to design and art i'm creative stuff i'm happy but we need to figure out a way where we belong to you know like um, because this is the hardest thing you know like if shakti might be interested in many things you know like you might be like a very good tennis player you know you might be like a very good photographer you might be a very good designer but when people think about you they should think like okay this person is this you know uh that we need to figure out like what is the one usp that people connects with you yeah so i was also struggling for a while you know like i do design i do art and i do many things then i understood like uh i might be like a better creative entrepreneur uh mm-hmm. instead of everything you know like so then i was completely focusing on that where i think like i'm kind of a person whom where i can help people to find value in art and artists so that is the one thing that i understood uh, so i just started focusing there so automatically mm-hmm. the personal brand or whatever i'm carrying right now whatever you guys think about me is happening mm-hmm. just because i hyper focus on that particular area okay so it's All it's right. reflecting everywhere so because i love colors it is coming <laughs> through my shirts and i started my first uh, acrylic painting uh, through um, uh, on a canvas yellow paint and other stuff so it started sticking on to my mind and i love yellow color a lot because i'm kind of like a bright person like i like light all the time you know like okay. uh, i don't like dark kind of thing so <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i am attracted towards uh bright people smart people uh and energetic people like you you know so i think yellow reflects everything you know like yeah. it's, it's so bright so 
uh, I just thought to use that color. That's it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Damn, man. Uh, you know, I struggle a lot on niching down on one thing because I want to do everything all the time. But yeah, that that is a really meaningful insight. People should start finding where they are really good at and you know start niching down. If you can talk about something that at any time, and if you can do something at any time, that is going to be your major skill. You know, mm-hmm. see for example, if you ask me to uh, design a logo or what something, I might need a lot of time. You know, like. Yeah. but if you ask me to draw something it's easy for me you know like so uh, if you ask me to talk about something it's easy for me so uh, whatever makes you easy and whatever makes you happy that is the one thing that you need to hyper focus and you mm-hmm. need to do other things as well i am not saying like you just need to understand that trade you know i'm not saying like that you know, like mm-hmm. just hyper focus on that and reflect that as your personality that is your brand and yeah. you do other stuff whatever you like but yeah. put your major energy there so this is my major energy like connecting with people you know like mm-hmm. and i can talk at any time you know like yeah. because <laughs> this is my mission you know yeah <laughs> thanks thanks for uh, thank you so much for sharing that melvin yeah so uh, i want to give another tip to all the designers you know like uh, they always believe on their skill you know like for example uh i have very limited skill you know like i am not that great in product design or i am not that great in branding or uh, i'm not an expert in any of these skills but what i do is like whenever i get a project you know like and if i understand uh, the depth and value of that project i will work with other professionals i believe like i have like a good aesthetic sense and i have like a good delegating and project management skill so what i do is like when i get like a very interesting project uh if i don't know anything about uh, animation i will hire an uh, very good uh, uh, animation uh, professional and uh, i will make that project happen you know like many designers what they think is like okay everything they uh, should be done by themselves you know like for example they need to do the design they need to do the ux part they need to do the onboarding so what happens is like when they pitch their idea to some people uh that idea will be like a small idea you know like because they are thinking from their skill set um, so because he needs to do that right so he or yeah. she needs to do that so the idea is very limited so but instead when i submit some idea to some people i will say like okay the onboarding video is going to be something like this and uh, when you enter into this uh, screen you are going to see this and uh, to define that i might work with a ux designer you know to to do that animation sequence i might work with a professional uh, animator animation guy so if you are a creative person and if you have tons of idea then just explore that idea and seek the help from professionals and collaborate mm-hmm. with other people you know like uh, if you think just your brain and your skill the project is not going to get any uh, best out of it you know like when you are working for for example if you are uh, just a designer working for a company and if you think like the product demo video should be something like this and if you don't have video skills convince the company to hire a vendor outside and yeah. you manage that vendor but mm-hmm. you give that creative output you become like a creative director you know yeah. and you give that designs which is your skills but you rely on other people for doing the other stuff but since you have the overall aesthetics you can convert that into a better project which will help your company you know yeah. so don't think like just using your skill you can help a company you can use your skill and collaborating as well so that is very much needed uh, 
think we instead of i so yeah. then we can bring more value to design you know yeah thereby we can help more business totally agree i totally agree with that man uh you know what that that marks the end of questions i had in mind for you so the conversation has really been fruitful i would say you know it, it's been one and a half hours uh, since we started talking and i'm i'm learning a lot from you so and i think you know we should do a collab and drop nfts real time sometime soon that would be amazing and, sure man sure man yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know thanks again for joining us today melvin i really really appreciate that